You're listening to Richmond Famous, a podcast about food, culture, and community in Richmond, Virginia. I'm Laura Sant. I'm Nicole Lang. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 2, where Justin Ayat is... Okay, so this week we've got Justin Ayat on the show. He's the beverage director of Saison and Saison Market, um, two of our favorite places to drink in Richmond. Yes, and I haven't been there in a minute, and I have to get back there. Yeah. Uh, Laura used to live right above it. Yeah, and it was my neighborhood bar, and it was amazing. Yeah. They are in Jackson Ward on Adams, right? Mm -hmm. Adams and Marshall. Yeah, Adams and Marshall. And they've become kind of an industry bar because they have that execution down, but no ego, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And it's more like, I mean, actually, everyone loves them, industry people and regular folk. Civilians. (laughs) Yeah, it's nice to drink there. They just have really well-made drinks, great wine selection, great beer program, and absolutely no pretension. Yeah. Um, so Justin is a Virginian from birth, so he had a lot to say about how the drinking scene here has changed over the years, um, along with the joy of running a bar in an alcoholic beverage control state. And also he divulges that he would have been a guidance counselor, which I think is kind (laughs) of the perfect prep for the bartending life. Yeah, it makes total sense. He would have made a great guidance counselor. But lucky for us, he became a bartender instead. So here he is. My name is Justin Ayotte. I am the uh, beverage director of Saison and Saison Market. And how long have you been doing that? Uh, I have been with Saison for a total of six years now. Um, I've been doing the beverage program uh, for a little under two. Were you, uh, did you, were you there when they opened? Yeah, so I've been lucky enough to be a part of this group since day one. Uh, I came with uh, Jay and uh, soon after Kevin from Capitol Ale House in Midlothian. Uh, That's actually where I met Jay and got the uh, opportunity to work at Saison. Um, So where are you from originally? Are you a Richmonder? Uh, So I grew up, uh, I was born in Virginia Beach, uh, moved from Virginia Beach to uh, Chesterfield when I was about eight um lived in Chesterfield until I went to college in Christopher Newport for a few years and then transferred back to uh, VCU where I finished um so yeah I've been in the Richmond and surrounding areas for most of my life so what brought you into uh the restaurant world so when coming back from um school in Newport News I was kind of in a weird spot. Um, I wanted to take a break from school for a little bit. Um, I was just getting over three years of pretty bad knee surgeries, which stopped me from playing soccer in college. Um, So when I came back to Richmond, I was working part-time at Sherwin-Williams Paint, uh, as well as going part-time to school at John Tyler, and frequently going to Capitol Ale House Midlothian, in which Jay was my bartender, and honestly, one of the reasons why I got into the whole craft beer scene uh, was going there and talking with him, uh, talking about home brewing and the things that we were doing uh, outside of that, and like that kind of got me into the craft beer scene, Um, but then I also realized why would I pay full price if I can get a job working (laughs) part-time as a bartender (laughs) in a beer bar and get that substantial discount on the beers that I'm going to be consuming anyways, so... uh, uh, that kind of opened the door into me getting a, a job as a bartender at Capitol Ale House. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, so it was at that point just a part-time gig to take care of the bills while I was still at school um, and slowly developed into this deep love for working in the industry. So if you had to like choose one thing about the beverage program at Saison that excites you the most, would you say beer? Um, I think our beer program is highly underrated. Uh, I think that a lot of people kind of know about us in the cocktail world, whereas most of our most of our bar team, as well as some of the owners, have come from very massive beer backgrounds and really love the whole craft scene. Um, but I think we still more people come to drink cocktails at our bar than drink beer mm-hmm. at our bar. Even yeah. though it's called saison, <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah, well, it's hard there because it's like everything is so good, but the cocktail menu is much longer when you mm-hmm. like sit down in the bar and it's. It's hard to be like, oh, look at all these delicious cocktails. Now I'll have a beer. Even yeah. though your beer list is really nice too, but it's smaller. I yeah. don't know. Um, do you brew beer? Also, um, I, you... I used to. Um, I, now that I've uh, moved from a small apartment in Richmond to finally getting a house, um, I plan on getting back into home brewing, um, but I, I, haven't, I haven't in a while. Um, I, I still get to use my equipment from time to time when making the tonic in-house for Saison, but that's probably the extent of what I get to use my equipment with right now. How, how has, um, since I, I knew you were, were there since the beginning, um, how has it changed, um, the drink menu there? Well, it's been, it's been really interesting because we've been very lucky to have such a talented grouping. I mean, we started off with Chris Elford developing our program, and he's just an absolute genius. And I think that when he came in, his, our, our original menu was insane. And there was such great, complex cocktails on there, but it might have been ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're running drinks from the original menu, and they're now selling like crazy, whereas the first couple seasons, you know, they were gaining traction. Um, that may have to do with the developing scene and the growing trust in the bartenders in our scene to put together a quality cocktail. Um, but I, I think that seeing the, the, the drink menu develop um, through Chris Elford being there, then James Kohler, and now my, and myself taking over the program, we've, we've all kind of <clears throat> taken Chris's motto of like, deep written in classics and just riffing off of that because you've got great frameworks that you get to work with and get to develop it off of the cool spirits that we have to work with I mean as of right now with Virginia um so it's it's been it's been fun um it's definitely challenging to redevelop a seasonally changing menu um without redeveloping similar drinks right right um and also to watch the the growth of the rest of the community and you know shining without stepping on toes at other bars too um because there's a lot of very creative people and we're all trying to do something similar Mm -hmm. um so it's 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 fun to see what everyone's doing but it's been really great to work with such talented people that make our cocktail menu so much fun it seems like here um in richmond the bartending community is very tight. Uh, Absolutely. Um, It's honestly one of the things that that has drawn me and kept me in this industry is how communal it is. Um, Sitting and, and, and hanging out with people and hearing from guests that, you know, oh, my friends, you know, the bartenders over at Jasper sent us here, or, you know, the, the, the crew over at Brenner sent us here. And it's like, you know, we try to do the exact same thing. You know, we like to see what people are looking for in a vibe 
and then lead them to our friends, mm -hmm. you know, because ultimately as a scene, if all of us continue to do really rad stuff, Richmond continues to grow and we all get to grow and be successful together. Yeah, it's, that's awesome to see. Are you a member of the... Um the thing the US, yeah. <laughs> so yeah um, I have actually been lucky okay. enough to be part of the development of the US bartenders guild in our on our community oh, awesome. um, our our chapter has been together for a few years now um, took a couple years of work to get it open um, but it has been very helpful in 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 growing like-minded individuals and getting everybody together and, and educating together um, because it's it's something that if we can continue the education side of things we create nerdy drinkers and then we get to continue to do fun nerdy things oh yeah that, i so, like that uh, yeah yeah you know, it's a it, little bit of education goes a long way because then it allows you to really be creative and have fun with what you're doing yeah you you kind of touched on something that i want to go back to and that is like working with virginia abc um it seems like Cezanne has a lot of bottles of stuff that are probably hard to get like a lot of mezcals and things like what is that like do you want to talk about that a little so like it's it's been it's been um difficult um it's grown a lot over the last year um i mean to be honest there's been a lot to that um the usbg has done and honestly a lot that brandon peck and jay bear have done in the growth and pushing virginia abc for products I think with having a collective now, being able to show them that there is multiple bars that would be interested in buying products, uh, I think takes the nervousness away from them investing in something that may sit on the shelf for a while. Um, but I think that also comes with the growing community is that the more people who are asking for these weird products, hopefully they'll carry more of it. Um, we've seen more stuff hit the market over the last year, but it definitely has been um, difficult keeping a seasonally rotating menu with um, special order products. We have to travel a lot to get, get our products across the state. Um, poor Jay has had to drive many times to Northern Virginia and Virginia Beach uh, just to get a couple bottles to get us through. Um, you know, we've had the Fernet shortage. We've had the Smith and Cross cruising blackstrap shortage. Poor guys <laughs> at Jasper ran into the Montenegro shortage. It just, it comes and goes and you just kind of work with it as best you can. Huh. Um, cause we are kind of handcuffed in that we can only purchase from one, one organization. Um, so if we run out of products, we just run out of products. Um, so I'm curious about, uh, like how the Saison menu got to be where it is. Like, do you want to talk a little bit about, you can start with beer or wine or cocktails, whatever you prefer, but like, do you have like a philosophy that goes into how you um, I create think, the menu? I think when we, when we, when we meet for menu creation, um, like we're actually about to start doing this upcoming month, uh, we take about six to eight weeks, depending on, on what we're trying to do and talk out, ideas, uh, what our bartenders are kind of interested in using, products, how to cross-utilize with our kitchen to, to limit as much waste as possible. Um, so there's a lot of things that we are thinking about, um, but it, ultimately we want a fairly rounded menu that is seasonally appropriate. Um, we do try to have some uh, mental reprieve cocktails like right now we do have a nice really juicy crushed ice gin cocktail in the middle of our winter menu um, but we we try to have 
a very well-rounded menu utilizing as many spirits as we can. Um, the fun thing about our menu, uh, which nowadays is a lot easier, um, is that we don't have to push all of our bartenders to come up with five to seven drinks. We've now done this for six years of seasonally rotating menus. We have hundreds of cocktails we can pull from. So it gives everyone on our team, which right now it's Sophia, Yah, Kevin and I, we all develop three cocktails a piece and then round it out with, uh, with classics. And then some of our drinks that we pull from that fit menu spaces that we're not hitting with our drinks that we've developed. Um, but as long as our entire bar team agrees upon the cocktails, they go on the menu. Um, so it's a lot easier nowadays than, than what poor Chris had when we first opened and having four brand new cocktail oriented bartenders training under him. And he had to get out a brand new menu with four people who weren't able to create menu item drinks right. at yeah. that point. So it's a lot easier nowadays, but it's, it's still fun. Um, our menu meetings are um, very enjoyable because it's really great to see what everyone's trying. Um, and we're so well-rounded with palettes. We all like very different things. So I feel like that really also aids to a fairly well-rounded menu. Um, so it has to be unanimous. It doesn't go on the menu unless oh, everyone it's, agrees. It's, uni- it's unanimous. It yeah, is. Okay. Yeah. It's one thing that I, I always like and I'm very proud of is that our we are a team. We are a team in this. Our menu is a team-oriented thing. Cocktail creation is team-oriented. Um, you know, there's many times in which somebody else on the team has helped me find that one final ingredient to round a cocktail out, and I wouldn't have had that without them. And this happens all the time for across the board. And is that so? I feel like I should know this because I've worked in many restaurants here. But how? How does that work at, at other places? Is there like a standard or... or? I, I honestly, in communicating with some people across the city, there are some bar managers who take on the bulk of the creation um, and uh, most of the menu is their drinks. But um, a, lot of, a lot of the cocktail bars now have such talented teams that it isn't just one individual creating an entire menu. I mean, if you look at the competitive bar bars uh bars in our area you know you're four five six bartenders deep of talent yeah you know and it it's it's growing too and now all of these other bars are popping up with such great people and that's a part of the education side of things it's part of usbg bringing a community together but it's also a bunch of people who are who had the fire lit under them just like i did with chris you know like i came in thinking okay yeah i'm gonna work at Saison for a couple years, pay off the rest of my, my student loans and go become a guidance counselor. And, um, I, I've, I don't, I don't know if I am stepping away from this business anytime soon. I, I love it. And, you know, it's something that I get to do something that's fun every day. Um, and I get to be creative and get to nerd out about things in which at least at, at our bar, people want to hear about and want to nerd out also so it's it's a job that I'm always having fun with um so speaking of Richmond and and uh drinks uh where do you like to go well um Jasper is an incredible bar um honestly Matthias is one bartender who over the years of following him is somebody who I want to emulate as a bartender um 
insanely hospitable, super, super smart, um, and just a great, great person. Uh, Jasper's an amazing bar, um, had an amazing experience at Alewife. Um, the drinks were on point. Um, but yeah, we're, we're very lucky. There's, there's a couple of great watering holes in every neighborhood now, and it's not so spread out. I mean, Churchill's got a bunch of spots. The Fan and, and Carytown now have a bunch of spots. You know, our neighborhood's been lucky enough to get a few new spots too. It's, there's a lot to choose from. Yeah. Um, unfortunately now living in Chesterfield, I, I don't quite have those <laughs> options. Um, you know, Taz is my local, local watering hole out there, but, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of great places in the city. Well, fortunately, you know how to make a drink. Yeah, <laughs> you can make them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, so does my wife. So it, it allows me to <laughs> sit back sometimes. Oh yeah, um, and I wanted actually to talk about that because uh, your wife is also in the industry, mm-hmm. and can you tell us uh, what she does? Well, she is the beverage director um, and manager over at La Mer at the Jefferson, uh, mm-hmm. and she's been doing this for a few years now. Um, she, she, uh, both of us actually, um, met at Capitol Ale House, um, about now 10, 10 years ago. Um, that's when we first kind of hung out. And then, uh, when I came back to finally start working at Capitol, um, that's kind of when the relationship started. And so, yeah, we, we both kind of fell in love with the industry and, work in very, very different bar scenes, um, but both both love it for many different reasons. And I learn a lot from her, and I believe she learns some things from me from time to time. Um, but we, we both like very different things. Uh, she is cocktail-oriented, but has this love for wine, and I, I know more about coffee than I do wine. Wine, I struggle with. Um, but yeah, but I'm a beer drinker that loves cocktails. So like between the two of us, we can kind of pull information from one another to, to learn, learn and uh, enjoy more things. I'm just glad that she buys the wine at home because if I was up to it, we'd have box wines all the time. <laughs> but uh, it makes for one hell of a home bar I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. yeah it's uh it's beautiful having a collection of spirits from, from both awesome. sides but. what do you are is there anything like what are you drinking right now are you super into one thing or um, another? I'm honestly I I have been on a rum kick for a couple years um I've been lucky enough to um do some really cool educational experiences with whiskey over the last couple of years and a little bit of tequila got to go to Mexico recently um I, I just I'm fascinated with rum and uh Davey um at Southbound has been kind of fueling fueling my addiction um with Foursquare rum so recently I've been drinking uh Foursquare products as well as uh some of the El Dorado 5 and 7 or 5 and 12 year has been at my house for yeah a couple months now so you refer to yourself as a beer drinker who mm-hmm. loves cocktails. So Absolutely. Are you, are you do you more do you drink more beer than than cocktails or yeah. do because it sounds like so, you you came right out of the gate with rum. I thought it was going to be beer. Yeah, no. I, yeah. I I mean honestly, I drink I drink there's something comforting about a beer after a long shift. Um, and I, I we're we're very very lucky to be in a local scene with such amazing beers um so there's never um 
there's never a shortage of great, great stuff in the local market. Um, I just get lazy at home and, uh, I, I, you know, after a a 12 to 14 hour shift, uh, if I haven't been smart enough to pre batch a Negroni for myself and put it into the refrigerator, it's canned beer when I get home. Yeah. 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 From time to time I'll, I'll be, I'll, I'll have uh, the foresight enough to, pre-patch a Negroni and just put it in the refrigerator and then just pour over ice when you get home and put it back in there. This is literally the first time it has ever occurred to me to do that. That's so smart. Yeah, just pre-batch, throw it in there. You don't even have to dilute it. Just pour it out over ice. You're ready to go. He's a pro. Yeah, it's genius. Hey, it's it's efficiency (laughs) or laziness. I don't know. So you have been in Richmond a long time or in the Richmond area, you've known about Richmond for a long time. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk a little bit about how it has changed in regards to the restaurant scene and the bar um, scene, especially? Well, in, in, in both sides of things, I, I've been lucky enough to, I guess, I've been in the industry for 12 years, um, six at six at Saison, six at Capital. Um, so my Richmond restaurant scene has been, you know, a little over six, uh, six years, um, I think this scene in general has been really amazing to watch the growth. Um, Being a very small restaurant in Jackson Ward, at least watching the growth in our neighborhood has been amazing. Um, First year, you know, we battled and it was really tough. We battled to be a 2 a.m. bar, a seven day a week 2 a.m. bar. And there was many nights in which I didn't see anybody from 11 until 2. And our neighborhood just didn't have foot traffic. And the neighborhood in general was 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 developing and now we have people walking our neighborhoods at all hours you know like we have so many restaurants within short walking distance of us that like you really can keep people within your neighborhoods and you know granted we do send people out of our neighborhood a lot but i would love you know to our jackson ward to flourish and to keep people in our area drinking it around our area and eating around our area um but it's been fun to watch small restaurant groups succeed. Um, I'm, I'm so proud of so many people for, for the creative, amazing stuff that they're doing. And as, as somebody who gets to be a part of it, um, it, it's fun, it's fun to put your love and, and, and effort into something and see other people doing the same thing and, and watching everybody be successful. Um, and now again, it, it's, it is com- highly competitive and there's a lot of restaurants that don't succeed, um, in this area. So it, it is, a always a pat on the back to hit anniversaries and hit that five year mark and hit that six year mark. It's something to be proud about. Um, but it's amazing to watch all these great places be successful. It's so funny to think of how different Richmond was just six years yeah. ago, yeah. you know, like, like talk about a snowball effect it's yeah. like it's really stunning i mean you guys yeah that was hard yeah i mean and we i'm glad we stuck with it because we are a late night industry bar and you know there was many times during that first year in which we weren't sure if that was the direction it should have gone and we we stuck with it and you know i mean it, it's it's really one of the yeah because it, it's it's definitely a hard thing to pull off um a lot of restaurants don't, don't seek to pull it off and can't, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and I, it w- it seems like it would make sense. Like, oh yeah, you can stay open in a neighborhood till two a.m. There'll be people. But it, but I remember talking with Jay about that, um, you know, back then. And also like e- even Alewife can't. We 
we struggle to, um, you know, we'd like to be open till two on, on Saturday and um, Friday, but it's just, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely <laughs> Churchill's too, a little sleepy maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, sense. like we were, we were talking about it and looking at it in, in the scene of like where I work and where I live, you know, there's not, not too many bars in Chesterfield that are open till two. So it's like, there's limitations around the neighborhood. We just kind of stuck with it and it was tough, but like during that time there wasn't, you know, 2 a.m. bars. And now we've got, you know, Tiny Victory, Guar Bar, you know, go a little bit further down. You've got some of the stuff in Grace that are open till 2 still. Oh, yeah. So we're starting to see more things. And having late night food like Jake Hoagie around the corner, it's 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 keeping people in our neighborhood later, um, which there wasn't that drive five, six years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, it was like, cool, I'm going to go in there for dinner and then get out. And now people are, you know, coming in for dinner and then going for dessert someplace else, having a final round of drinks someplace else, and then getting out of the neighborhood. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been a definitely a, a roller coaster of six years. So, and and in um in that comment before, what was it? Uh, you said that when you opened, there were there were cocktails that wouldn't move, and now you can reintroduce them and bring them back because uh, the community is like ready for it. Mm-hmm. Can you give an, an example of something that like six years ago wouldn't fly in so, Richmond, but now would? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's actually, a, there's been a couple of cocktails in which uh, Chris used weird and great, weird ingredients. And I think a lot of things like combinations of things that people were just scared about, you know, like, uh, it's still difficult to get people to drink absinthe. Um, it's it's difficult when people see ingredients like Jaeger and and <laughs> and have this like mental mental uh, image of what this thing is going to come out as. And so there was a lot of drinks that on paper read like they would not work and seemed like they would not work. But just his his knowledge of these things were far greater than than what all of us were ready for at that time period. Um, but yeah, he had a Scotch and, Scotch and Jaeger cocktail and was utilizing uh, those things with very little dilution and everything was super pronounced and a very bold flavors. And we sold just a few of them. And now we're bringing his drinks back and plugging them in in, men, in menus and they're some of the best. They're some of the most popular. Yeah, you mentioned trust earlier, and I I think that's an interesting point because we've had some other bar people, I think, on here talking about how the trust of the diners in Richmond has kind of evolved. And they were making the point that um, the people eating out here and drinking out here need to trust their bartenders and beverage people and servers and cooks more than they do now. But you seem to feel like everyone trusts you a lot more than they used to. I, I feel like, I feel like we, uh, we as a team have done a lot to gain the trust of our, our bar patrons. Um, it's something that, uh, I have at least while being there and something that the bar managers that I've worked for and, and things that I've brought into my style of managing, um, I want, I want our team to be educated. I want them to go out of their way and do tastings. I want them to read at home. I want them to do stuff that's outside of just your day-to-day inside of Saison to, to make you a better bartender. And it doesn't matter if that thing is wine. It doesn't matter if it's beer. It doesn't matter if it's liquor. You know, if, like, if you're intrigued by something, I want you to know as much as you can about it because you're able to then sell these things to the guests better. Um, 
And then at that point, that guest understands it and hopefully they will take it home and become a better drinker at home or drink differently at home and then come back to us and then maybe that spurs on them trying something new. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it was something that we've always been focused on the education side of things and try to go out of our way to ask it or ask questions whenever we don't know. Um, and that's honestly the only time that you could use your cell phone as an employee at Saison would be to answer questions. <laughs> um, so that's one thing. It's like uh, Chris was very adamant about it. It was like, you know what? You answer all the questions that you know 100%, but if you have to look something up, look it up. This is not just an educational experience for your guest. It's also for you. You get to share that experience. You know, you both learn something together. You know, that also builds a relationship as well as trust. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's something there's a lot of people that are doing that across the city. We're not the only ones. Um, I just feel that we, we have built a relationship with our, our, our patrons that they do trust um, to try something weird. You know, um, but it also depends on the bartender because I know a lot of people who feel very nervous about being put on the spot of dealer's choice. And that's something that I, I truly appreciate. You know, that right there shows trust. You know, you're, you're giving me full creative right to come up with a beverage for you. That's trust. That's good to know. I'm going to do that next yeah. time I go I mean, and, and that's the thing is like some people shy away from that. And that's something that's like, you know, as a, as a bartender, like that's, that's a high honor. You know, it's that they, they believe in you enough, you know, and yeah, there's times in which that's, that's, that is super stressful because you don't know exactly what that person wants. And yeah, uh, dealer's choice. I like everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's not fun. Um, but you know, it's like it, when you get people who are like dealer's choice. I like gin refreshing. You know, it's 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 fun. You know? And that's ultimately those are my favorite bars. The best bars bar experiences I've had were ones that are like they more about the interaction with the guests and like you know menu aside, what are you feeling? How many drinks are you in for tonight? And Saison you know, like, is that exact type of place. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think that it, because of its reputation, and it, you know, it draws drinkers like that in, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess, yeah, that's, that's certainly something that kind of either go with like a bartender or with a, or with a spot, you know. And mm-hmm. I feel like Saison is that kind of place. It's definitely... I've certainly done that there. Yeah. yeah. And, and there, there's a, a lack of pretension there, too. Yeah. Like, when you were talking about not being afraid to look things up when you don't know, um, yeah. I really feel like that's what makes it such a nice place to drink, in part, is you know you're not going to be talked down to, no matter what level of drinker you are. Yeah. And, like, I, I think, and I, I hear it, I hear it, and, I like, I actively try to uh, shut it down when it is said, but, like, oh, yeah, y'all are... Y'all are mixologists. Like, <laughs> no, no, we're bartenders. We enjoy putting together a drink. We aren't going to talk down to you. We don't, we're not doing something that you can't do. You know, like we just have spent a little bit more time reading and educating ourselves to be better at it. And like, you've chosen to come dine and drink with us. You know, like that's, you could have gone anywhere else. And in this market, there's a lot of great places to go. So it's like, we want you to feel welcome when you sit down at our bar. I, I feel like we, 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 for the most part, do that. And it's something that I've, I've always been proud to work in this, with this team and in this grouping. And um, I've, I, yeah, I, I, love, I love everybody who I get to work with in there. And 
they they make my job pretty easy. You, it's interesting that you mentioned that you were going to be a guidance counselor. You were thinking about it because I feel like those two things dovetail really well. Like your approach to bartending, you like you seem like you'd make a great guidance counselor. I'm glad you didn't choose that path. But. Well, I mean, uh, who knows? There might be a day in which my body can't handle 4 a.m. But um, no, it's just something like I've always cared for for people and wanted the best in everybody um, and wanted to help in every way that I possibly can even though sometimes it's it's hard um, but it's something that I just I hope that I can I can make people feel good when they come to me and ultimately that's why I love this industry is that I just want to put smiles on people's faces I want people leaving with smiles on their faces hospitality <laughs> yeah. uh, a yeah. true hospitality professional a true hospitalitarian <laughs> hospitality <laughs> I have a question um, yeah. what's up with your shirt oh so <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, describe, describe his shirt. So it for the, it the it's like uh, the cover of some Led Zeppelin record, which I don't know because I hate Led Zeppelin. And it's so, send it's, me your it's hate so, mail so, if you want. I so, just Zoso. So. So, okay. Yeah. So it's the it's the guy. We've all seen it. It's the guy. He's hooded. He's got a light. And then instead of saying um, or a lantern rather, instead of saying uh, Led Zeppelin at the top, it says Last Word, which yeah. we all know is a delicious drink. Amazing, amazing classic cocktail. Um, no, so uh, I, during during a couple of travels, I have been lucky enough to meet uh, a gentleman uh, Nick who works for Movers and Shakers. It's this amazing company that is industry driven, but apparel and pens and. Honestly, he, uh, I, yeah, my, my wife hates how much money I spend with him, but, uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so it is, they just, they just That's released so a funny. whole collection of, uh, album-based, um, shirts or album-based apparels. Um, that were changed to be classic cocktails. Oh, that's awesome. So they took a Nirvana uh, logo and made it into Negroni. Um, they did a um, Megadeth into Old Fashioned, the Zoso into uh, Last Word. Um, but yeah, he's um, he's an amazing guy. He's, I, I believe he's the Angels Envy ambassador for Florida. Um, but yeah, through, through traveling with like Bark, the bar community have been lucky enough to, to meet him and yeah um that's an epic he's shirt the sor- yeah. he's the source of pretty much all the pins on my apron when you come to see us um well if if nothing else this has made me want to get my butt into Cezanne yeah it's been too long I love sure. that little yeah. corner yeah that yeah corner. It's a great that, spot. that's my is, that's my yeah, favorite spot it's a good spot, good spot. Love that spot. And it's even better once it starts to warm up Oh, yeah, yeah. When, so when's the next uh, cocktail menu change over spring? So we're, we're planning on meeting here soon to discuss uh, two things coming up. Uh, the first is going to be spring break week, um, which we're going to try to do it during the week of spring break for VCU. So I believe it's second week of March. But it's just a fun week for us to um, kind of kick back, do a bunch of classic uh, spring break cocktails, um, break out the frozen drink machine, um, just have some fun with some some tropical tiki cocktails for a week to kind of separate our winter and our spring menu and then get into the spring menu hopefully third week of March, hopefully. Um, maybe a little bit later depending on development of cocktails, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have you know probably about six weeks hopefully get everything together, be ready to go. Um, another 20, 25 cocktail menu. 
Nice. What yeah. is it? What is a classic spring break cocktail? Like a Sex on the Beach, or uh, so you know, pina colada, <laughs> yeah. you know, strawberry daiquiris. Oh we gosh. were doing Miami Vices. Are you guys vices. gonna have pina coladas? Oh, we had the pina colada and strawberry daiquiri uh, side by side in the frozen drink machine, so that we could do Miami Vices, which is the nice blend, fifty fifty. I didn't know that. Yeah. So yeah, we Miami had Vice. Blue Hawaii. Um, <laughs> yeah, we've done. Yeah, Sex on the Beach was in there at one point. We've we've brought. Some some of our tropical drinks that that kind of fit the vibe, but it's kind of um, you have that to look forward to. Yeah. yeah. Oh God, it seems so far away. Right now. <laughs> it's all right. More warmer day like today. Who knows? That's true. Yeah. The corner. Today it's like sixty-five yeah, outside. Yeah, we'll so, get yeah. What, snow tomorrow or something. Justin, thank you so much. Oh, you. This has thank just you. been, yeah. you're such a lovely human. It's, you yeah. really you just like, I knew you were a nice guy, but like you're so thoughtful and, and smart and this has just been a joy. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, this is an honor. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Richmond Famous is hosted, produced, and edited by us, Laura Sant and Nicole Lang. Our theme song is Funky Virginia by Sir Guy. Please rate us and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And follow us at richmondfamous.com and at RVAFamous on Twitter and Instagram. Bye. Bye.